Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yannick Ngakwe uh, was at practice today on a limited basis. Uh, big old uh, wrap around his, uh, I think it was his right hamstring. Uh, so Lincoln, um, you know, hamstring's tricky. You don't want to push it uh, too much. Uh, but the fact that he's out there when he could have easily just said, you know what, uh, I'll check with you guys on, on Sunday. I, I like that mentality. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be honest, it's a, it's a good feeling to see that he's out there and just trying it. But I will tell you this because I've seen many hamstrings in my lifetime. Um, often you feel better before you're actually better, if that makes sense. Um, and, and, and it's one of those things where you feel that you can give it a go. You're not really trying and you got You really have to take things cautiously. And I say that tongue in cheek because we saw last year when Derek Carr was supposedly went out with a groin. That was a two week injury. He was back the next week. So um, but but again, you, you don't want to play around with hamstrings because you can do more damage than good um, if you're not careful. By the way, did you see who uh, played seven snaps this week? Did I see who played seven? No, I, I didn't know who we referring to. Had to leave the huh? game. Uh, he, he, the guy played seven snaps and then had to leave the game, did not return. No, I didn't see that. Who? Chet Brown. Oh, Chet, he did? Yeah, Chet oh, Brown. Yeah. Well, calf, calf injury. It's, it's amazing because I saw him a lot during preseason when they were talking about Mike Jones. I thought, I thought he finally got everything right. Oh, yeah, everything was uh, – he was ready to go. He was completely healthy. He's back where he wants to be with the Patriots, and he's going to play. And, yeah, seven, game, seven, seven snaps. And Trent Brown was out of there. So, yeah, there you yeah, go. There you know. go. See, some things yeah. are continue to uh, continue to be the the, the same old same old, right? When, when are you going to learn? Bill Belichick pushing and prodding <laughs> him. Seven mm, steps. That's why. Yeah. So we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? A really quick comment and a question for each one of you. The quick comment is. I don't think we're going to do very well moving forward if the new safety. Uh, Trayvon Moore doesn't have a little bit more patience to whiff on a guy at fourth and one for a 30 yard touchdown run when you are the last guy to get him just can't happen it's a third string running back and I don't think he's going to get anybody uh, to to go after the rest of the year that's going to be a third string running back it's going to be a lot tougher so I hope he plays with a little more patience the other thing is I would like to know Vinny the handful of quarterbacks that you think in this league could do what Derek Carr did and praise his teammates like he did at the end of the game. And the question for Link is, please, let Raider Nation know how hard a guy like Denzel Good worked uh, to be a starter in some games uh, last year, worked all offseason to be somebody who they could rely on if uh, another player goes down and he gets this start, exactly what he wants, what he's always dreamed of, a Monday night start, and then that happens – what goes through his mind? Did the doctor say you're good for a few? Does he say he's good for a few? Whatever it is, I don't want to go out like this. He comes back and plays with the tenacity and toughness that Raiders are known for, like Derek Carr with a broken back, and like decades before, all these Raiders that have played hurt. Talk about the mindset this guy has when he knows his season is done. You first, Lincoln. Okay, well, first of all, what you saw at a Denzel Good is typical of what I got, what I call true players. 
uh, two true guys, the, the tough guys. Um, you, you, I saw him grimacing in pain when he was down on the field. I saw when it happened, the, the play when it happened. And I really didn't see exactly what happened, but I saw after the play how he was how he was looking. I saw when he went into the, the to the tent. I saw when he came out how he tried to give it a go. They tried to tape it up, and I saw him out there trying to play, and he just couldn't finish the game. I, I really feel for him because, as you mentioned, he did everything right that he was supposed to. When he got his shot, he took full advantage of it and made himself uh, put himself in a position not only to make a lot of money possibly, but more importantly to be a starter for the Raiders. Um, it, it's really disheartening when you see somebody lose that, you know, that, 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 especially for a season. Now, who knows how he'll bounce back? I mean, he's not necessarily a young spring chicken. So how is his body going to bounce back or what the future is? Only only no one knows uh, and, and can tell us. But it's really hard when you try to do everything you can. And it seems like you do everything you can. And then the first game you go out there and you have a as devastating injury as you suffered. But I would I would suspect that, you know, depending on the, the, the amount of uh, the, uh, tear or how severe it is, that he would probably be able to heal up in a couple of months. And, you know, who knows? He, he he might try to try to make a comeback if he can. I don't know what the rules are. I know they changed a couple of times, but I don't know if they if they if yet you should write him off totally. Yeah. Uh, if something miraculous like that were, were, were to happen, not ruling it out, um, he would be eligible eligible to come back. Um, there's no right. distinctions anymore. Uh, and I'll, a little footnote on that. Today at practice, um, we we're sitting there, you know, the, the team was out on the field going through some individuals. And all of a sudden, um, Denzel Good uh, dressed, you know, regular clothes with crutches. Um, big, you know, uh, you can only imagine what he was ha- what he had on on his knee on the on the injured knee. But anyway, there's a gate that separates the parking lot, the players' parking lot, and the front entrance, one of the entrances of the uh, coaches' side and players' side uh, of the building. And uh, there's Denzel Good poking his head into the gate to to that leads to practice. And I can't tell you, Lincoln, how many players on the Raiders looked over there uh, at one point or another just to wave him, how you doing, you know, and he's waving them back, um, you, know, you know, giving them, um, you know, some, some uh, words of encouragement, and they're giving him words of, in the middle of practice. And to mm-hmm. me, that says something about Denzel Good, uh, that, that you could tell the, how much guys liked him by the way they reacted just to seeing him right there like that. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that what he established last year put him in very favorable form with everyone. I mean, he was he was reliable. He was a road grader. I mean, he's a rough guy. Um, I mean, a tough guy that's going out there and trying to rough people up. I can respect that. I would love to play with a guy like that. I had several guys that I did play with like that. But, you know, once you earn the trust of your teammates, you're forever, in, you know, in, ingrained. And now, you know, as they push on to the season, they push on to a, a, a true road test against going up against the Steelers. It's, you know, it's always good to see your guy. And if you're Denzel Good, you have nothing else to do. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? that's there's, true. There's nothing for you to do. This is your job. So, you know, what are you doing? What are you going to do? So Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, and, you know, soon he's probably going to go. I don't know if he's got the surgery yet. I'm sure he's that's right. that's imminent. So, um, you know, our best wishes to Denzel Good. Um, it was yeah. nice to see the reaction. He's obviously earned their respect uh, for the exact reasons that, that you pointed out. So uh, best to him. Jermaine uh, Illuminar uh, is replacing him right now. 
a unique story, and we're going to get into that uh, in just a little bit as well. Uh, he he kind of just wowed the media today, uh, describing his whole journey to the NFL, and is unusual to say the least. Uh, but before all that, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from Raiders.com, uh, Eddie P- Pascal, um, who was obviously out there on Monday night. Uh, Eddie, first of all, sp- uh, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Eddie, we talked a lot on your uh, uh, prior appearances uh, on this show about what you expected. Remember how many times we talked about what is it going to be like when fans are in the stands at Allegiant Stadium? Well, that actually happened uh, on Monday night, and for me, it exceeded my expectations. What do you say about that? Oh, man, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And hello, Lincoln. It's nice to hear that hey, voice Eddie. again. How are you, sir? Well, it's wonderful. We just did the morning grind. It's not that long ago that you heard my voice. Well, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I'm fantastic. Glad to be with both you guys. But in terms of Monday night, Vinny, I mean, it was, I, I think that it also exceeded my expectations as well because, I mean, you and I talked about this a bunch, is I think we all kind of went into this moment, this Monday night moment, and we were all kind of like, uh, what's it going to be? Are the fans going to be as engaged as we hope they are? How is the, the feel of the game? How is the entertainment side of the game going to be? And, and I was blown away. I, I, I think back, and, you know, it helps that the game, the game itself was fantastic and incredible and wild and crazy and whatever other adjective you can you can come up with but when I look back to that game I and mean, there are just a few moments that I you know I'm going to remember for a very long time I think the uh, that you know that moment pregame you got Steve Aoki uh, you got Buffer on the mic I mean that was a moment and I think there were three or four of those sprinkled out throughout the evening that were just awesome and, and give you chills and you know like I said it doesn't hurt that the game was incredible too. Yeah, absolutely, and there's very few times Lincoln and I talked about this uh, earlier this week that you know sometimes all of the hoopla can sometimes dwarf the actual event, and the event fails to live up to uh, all the extracurricular stuff uh, that's going on. But in this case, it didn't just measure up; it exceeded it. And I think that you know coming from Los Angeles, I'm sort of used to that. Like you go to a game, a, a big a Laker game at Staples Center. No disrespect to the Bay Area and the Warriors what they're doing up there, or anything that was going on in the Bay Area. But it's different in Los Angeles. It's the entertainment mecca of the world, uh, essentially. Okay, And so everything that they do there has that kind of a flair. It's a totally different flair than the Bay Area, and I love the Bay Area. What I sensed on Monday was sort of that, but also with the Las Vegas twist. It's a unique market and a unique atmosphere. And I think we're going to see that more and more. This is going to take off here in Las Vegas, and it's going to be a very, very unique situation, Eddie. Yeah, and I agree with you. And first, Vinny, please let's not disparage my beloved Warriors as a no. See, you're taking that as a you're taking that as a put down. When As a noted Warriors fan, before they were good, I, and you and I have had this conversation before, too, where I say, look, you tell everyone you're a Warriors fan, like, oh, it must be nice to have the eight-year run. No, 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 no. Right. I've been a Warriors fan for 25 years. Me and my dad go, and it's like 10 bucks in the upper seats. But I know what you're saying. It's, it's, a, it's, different a, different, it's a different vibe. It's a different energy. Uh, it's, a ve- it's a very Bay Area vibe there, uh, which is great, and I, I think that you know, their fan base really, really responds to that. But Without when, you talk about, when you talk about what it's going to be like here, and I, I think you use the perfect term, I think it's going to be unique. It's going to be very specific 
to Las Vegas. It is gonna, you're going to walk into that building, and my hope, anyways, is as we kind of progress through this regular season and obviously into the future, when you're going and you're going to know what you're going to get at a Raiders game, you're going to get an incredible, hopefully, on the, uh, incredible product on the field, but the show itself is going to be a blast as well. And it's going to be really fun, and, and I know, you know we talk about the football aspect of this all the time and for good reason, but I think it's going to be really fun for me and I think for fans that are going to the game throughout this season to kind of really see how that building takes on a personality, how it takes on a life of itself, and really how it kind of matures and grows throughout the 2021 regular season. So, Eddie, tell me, what did you think of your boys, uh, Derek Carr's performance uh, Monday night? <laughs> you you, you got to give him credit, Link. You got to give him credit, right? Where he he comes out, he comes out a little slow, comes out a little. I don't want to say sluggish, but he comes out not as crisp as we're used to seeing him. And then you look at the end of the game, and first off, he makes the the throw to Zay Jones, which I've watched about. 85 different times now, and it gets gets cooler and better each time. But at the end of the day, another 400-plus yard game for D.C. Obviously, there's things that you know are going to have to get cleaned up as we move on throughout the regular season. But give the man credit. Give the man credit. Give number four credit for uh, for making the throws when he needed to make them, and uh, and for that that's a big reason why this team is one and zero. I'm wondering what that chuckle was from Lincoln. You, you, you asked what do you mean? Question. What are you talking about? You're like you, you asked the question, then you kind of it wasn't a snicker, but it was kind of a chuckle. Is there a little inside inside joke no, going on here? No, just no, Eddie. No, Eddie and no, I, no. we just we go we we do a lot of stuff together over at the radio facility. <laughs> we have, we have the morning wait, grind wait, as wait. we talked about. And we you know Eddie and I go back a number of years, so it's it's the Oregon versus Washington rivalry that comes yeah. out of us sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and, I, and I do have to give credit to Lincoln since we have okay. him on the show today. I have to give Lincoln credit, and I told him this. When was it, when was the last time I saw you, Link, at the game on Monday, where I was like, "Look, yeah, you did a yeah. really nice job calling calling that Oregon game." I didn't I didn't sense any bias in your call as much as I'm sure you wanted to. <laughs> That's gotta it was, be hard, it was hard to do. It was hard because I did a Wazoo game the following week, and I was like, pac 12s torturing me." So it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. They're <laughs> testing your professionalism, and you passed. Exactly. True They're story. They're testing your pro- professionalism. All right, so. Um, Moving forward now, obviously, the Raiders get a big win. Uh, indisputable how they did it. It was mir- it was it was not a miraculous, but it was a roller coaster ride. It was emotional. It was it was just a great football game uh, on top of everything else. But now the Raiders have to quickly set all that aside and move forward to the next game. I think I give professional athletes so much credit for being able to do that. It's hard to do, but the good ones are able. To do it, and a quick turnaround with a, a, a banged-up roster, cross country to Pittsburgh to play a really good uh, Steelers team in their house. Um, how do the Raiders sort of uh, process all that in order to be ready to play on Sunday? Man, I think the one thing, and, and Lincoln can speak to this, you know, obviously way better than I can. But I think one thing that Coach Gruden does an incredible job at, and you even heard it, you even heard that of him kind of on Monday night when he's going through his press conference. Like, look, Monday was great. It was objectively a tremendous night for this city, for this organization, for this team. It was fantastic. Come Tuesday morning, it's go time. The shift is on. The the, fo- the shift in focus, I should say, is onto the Pittsburgh Steelers because you you can't uh, you know as Lincoln likes to say, you can't read the ple- the press clippings, right? You can't think that you're too big or anything like that. And the way that this, this calendar is set up for the Raiders, like you got to be ready to go. The team is leaving tomorrow afternoon to get on a plane to fly to Pittsburgh and to con- continue their preparation. And, and I, I know one thing is that Coach Gruden will have this group ready to go. And I think that Link, I'm curious, do you think that it helps? that this short turnaround is earlier in the season compared to like week 12, week 13, something like that? Not necessarily because when you look at the extensive injury list, there's no, you need more time than less. 
I'll say this too, uh, not to interrupt uh, Lincoln's mm-hmm. thought, but you know, whatever high the Raiders were on on Monday night, and understandably so, uh, they deserved to 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 you know enjoy that moment. There's nothing like dressing out for practice on a 98, 100 degree day to just get humbled. Like you know what, <laughs> whatever happened on Monday, yeah. ain't happening right here. So it it almost you're almost forced to, you know, refocus yourself and reset yourself because what's happening on practice field out here in Las Vegas in, in still kind of the dead of summer is a, an awakening of, yep, whatever happened, happened, but it's time to get back to work now. Yeah, and I think that just professional athletes in general, specifically NFL players, you have to have that short memory, right? You have to understand, like, hey, Monday night, it was awesome. I think that we deserve to celebrate that for a really short amount of time. But if we're not on our P's and Q's come Tuesday morning, you know, Sunday is not going to be very kind to us. Eddie, last one for me. What have you seen from watching the Pittsburgh film so far? Oh man, I mean, Link, you know, you know, you're much more of the uh, the, the tape grinder. Yeah, than but we I, got but you I... on the phone right now, so I mean, uh-huh. this is this is your time to shine. I know, I know. I, I mean, I think that when I when I look at the Steelers, Link, I mean, the one thing, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but this is a team that it feels like every single year, every single year for the past five, six years, you say, oh, the Steelers are done, Big Ben is done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they end up just winning ball games. They find ways to win games. It's not always the prettiest way to win a ball game, but they do it. And so I think the one thing for me, and it's going to always, I feel like it comes down to this like 95% of the time, who's going to win that line of scrimmage? Who is going to be able to control the, the time of possession? Can the Raiders get this run game going? Can they do it at a successful clip for 60 minutes? And can they figure out a way to keep Derek upright and give him time to operate? Uh, if they can do two of those, if they can do those two things, then I like their chances. But it's a tough task going to Pittsburgh. All right, I got a question for you. Um, Hit me. I know that there's, you know, obviously mutual respect between organizations. So you're, I'm sure, um, you know, friendly with the Steelers.com if that's what it is over there, uh, you know, with the Steelers. But. I know you, Eddie. You grew up in the Bay Area, a Raider fan, and there's got to be some hate for the Steelers amongst some other teams <laughs> as well. But let me ask you this. When it comes to Steeler hate, knowing the history of both organizations, where does the hate for the Steelers kind of fit into the hate spectrum of a Raiders Ooh, fan? Oh, man, that's, that's a great question. And I can only answer for me, right? I'm sure if you polled 100 Raiders fans, there'd probably be 100 different answers. But for me... The, the wins that I remember the most, the wins that are most gratifying for me when I think back at them, is Chiefs and Broncos for me in that top tier. And then I think we drop down to the Steelers. And look, any win is a good win, right? You're never going to hear me complain about any type of win. If, it's, if you win by 100 or you win by one, if it's ugly, whatever. But to me, though, the Chiefs, and the Broncos, when you can steal those, especially on the road, I think those are kind of like the creme de la creme and the Steelers right below them. All right, what kind of game were we expecting on Sunday? Ooh, ugly, I think. I think just a, a classic, you know, AFC, you know, who's bigger and badder, who wins the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. I know that the Raiders are, a, are at their best when they're a run-first team. Uh, I think the Steelers are kind of very much built in that, in that mold a little bit as well. So we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a very high-scoring game, but I think it's, if, if you're kind of a classic NFL fan, I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think, uh, for the Raiders' purposes, I don't think a high-scoring game is, is where it needs to be. I think yeah, they need I would to agree. keep this game close and low. Uh, Eddie Pascal, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, safe travels to Pittsburgh. I'll see you out there. Uh, thank you very much, and we will talk to you down the road, brother. Fantastic. Thanks, Eddie. Good to hear, good to hear from you, Link. I'll talk to you soon, bud. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay. Right, bye.
That was Eddie Pascal from Raiders.com. They do a fantastic job over there. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador on a Thursday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Well, I think first and foremost, we want a defense that plays fast. And that's just understanding the game, understanding what we're asking of them. Uh, a lot of times we look at just by, you know, the attempts of going for the ball. You know, we got a couple of fumbles that we caused. So it, it appeared we played fast. I thought we played very good assignment football. Um, you know, they got some yards and points. But overall, I think that was the overall theme is that we played with really good effort. I thought we played, you know, based on the game plan, what we wanted to do, and we executed fairly well. There's never always there. You know, there's things we got to work on, but overall, you know, that part was good. Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talking about uh, the speed and the command uh, that the Raiders defense played with. Uh, it's been noticeable. It's noticeable in practice. I was standing with some Rams people watching uh, the joint practice, and they were commenting on this looks a lot better than it did a couple of years ago because we were up there in Napa Valley uh, when I was covering the Rams and the Rams practice against the Raiders, and the Raiders looked years away from being anything. It was just not very good in terms of the talent. And um, it, it looked different. It looks different. And I give a lot of credit to the players, give a lot of credit to the coaches uh, for getting it to this point. By the way, I got a, a real quick, uh, Lincoln, um, as, as you well know, uh, Clee Farrell didn't dress out on Monday night. He was right. inactive for the game. It's kind of a, you know, it's a, it, it was a bit of a demotion for a guy who was the fourth pick overall and you know, supposed to be kind of an anchor of, of this defense. There were some back issues that were going on, could have flared up a little bit before the game. But in and of itself, it's it's not the best feeling to not dress out for a game when, you know, you've been a starter for two years, okay? So I'm watching uh, Clee Farrell throughout the game. I like to look at people and try to read their demeanor and their body language. Are you sulking? Are you over there all by yourself, you know, cussing out the coach and being uh, mad, um, you know, about the situation? And what I saw instead was a guy that was standing right next to the coach almost the entire time, cheering his teammates on, being involved in whatever was being talked about. Uh, He was engaged. He looked like, um, you know, I'm sure he was disappointed, but he wasn't acting like it. And he was still, you know, connected. And I remember talking to some people in the press box. I was like, you know, have you guys been noticing Clee Farrell, you know, and, and, you know, kind of pointing that out? Oh, well, he's making a million dollars. He should be. You know, I mean, what, what, what do you want? He's making a whole bunch of money just standing there. No, it was, it, was, it was more than that. I've seen, and I know you have too, Lincoln, where guys just get in their feelings and get themselves, you know, and just go sit over there on the other side of the sidelines and not be a part of it because they're pissed off that they're not playing. They're pissed off at the coach and all of that. To me, the way – Clee, uh, Clee uh, Farrell carried himself on Monday after what was a disappointment. Everybody's talking about it on Twitter. Why isn't the fourth pick overall in 2019 dressed out? He handled it like a professional. That means something to me, Lincoln. It should. I mean, the thing is, is that if you're Clee Farrell right now, you want to do everything right. But I will go back to what Mayock said when he justified drafting him with the number one, number four pick overall was he said he's a leader in the locker room. Right. And that's one of the qualities that that sort of lured the Raiders towards him. The fact is, is I, and, and, and look, I've, I've defended him many times, uh, especially on our show. He, he's what they call a little bit of a unicorn 
because he can play all downs. Now, most guys come in and they're, they're specialists. They're, they're, you know, pass specialists or run specialists, but he can play every down. He can play every down solid. I still think he's out of position, and who knows? Sometime this season, we might see him move into defensive tackle if it becomes a numbers game as far as you know, trying to generate some push. I think he's more capable inside than outside. But I, I, I appreciate the fact that he's doing everything right. He seems engaged. He wants to be out there. That's what you want to see because as a coach, and as you're talking about, uh, uh, coaches see body, body language just like anybody else. Heck if yeah. he seems disinterested, then they're not really interested in getting you back out there in a hurry exactly. unless they need to. Exactly. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. John is on uh, the line. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, Vinny and and Lincoln. You got it. Um, uh, so, <laughs> right before I was about to ask my question, you guys kind of answered my question because it was about plea. Mm-hmm. But I, I got another one for you. Um, how does, as a group, how does the remade secondary look? Um, just in general? And also, is Jonathan Abram playing more towards the line of scrimmage? I, I didn't, you know, the game was such a roller coaster, I didn't really get to scrutinize what those guys were doing. But was he playing a lot of, you know, two deep shells and, and manning up and at the line of scrimmage? Or was he mostly in the Derwin James, Cam Chancellor kind of, uh, kind of role? He was basically a linebacker in that game, Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where he was lined up, and I think that's where he's best suited, Lincoln. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I think playing closer to the line of scrimmage and taking away the space, he best utilizes his tenacity, his tackling ability, and more importantly, his his overall skill set. I think if he plays like a two-deep safety or in, anywhere beyond that box, he becomes a little bit of a liability because he doesn't do well in open space. As far as the secondary, um, you know, we saw uh, Trevor Morg uh, had a poor angle on a touchdown uh, run uh, that needs to get cleaned up. That's he is the last line of a, de- a defense right there, and he needs to be better at it. But you know, rookie player, first game, uh, you know, you, you you can sometimes chalk it up a little bit. I thought the secondary, in terms of the pass coverage, Lincoln was pretty darn good, and I, and what I really liked was the synergy be, be, you know, between the defensive line uh, and the back end. It seemed like it was working in concert with each other uh, as opposed to sometimes what we saw last year where both failed miserably in what they were supposed to do. I feel like there's a lot of confidence in that defensive backfield in what's happening up front and vice versa, and I thought they accounted themselves pretty well on the back end yesterday, uh, on Monday. I, I do too. I think they played pretty good coverage. Uh, again, you're not, they're really going to be tested against these wide receivers for Pittsburgh because they definitely know how to get open. But I think Mullen, in addition with Casey Hayward, they looked pretty solid out there. And it'd be interesting to see how they're going to fit in Damon Arnett. I know they, they mentioned him a couple of times of having a, a pretty good camp. And Vinny, you can attest to that. Did you see that as well? Did he have a I, solid camp or no? Yeah, I did. And I think okay. that, you know, when they start playing some teams that spread it out a little bit more, Baltimore yeah. has a very unique uh, offense. You know, know that yeah uh, so I think when you start seeing some more of those multiple four wide receiver sets and, and whatnot you're gonna see him on the field a little bit more and I think it's it's fine Casey Hayward had a hell of a game on Monday night and there's yeah. no reason to take him off the field and Trayvon Mullen played well as well it's okay to bring Damon Arnett along at this pace right now I don't get caught up in well he's a first round pick he needs to play he'll play and you hope that if something were to happen, his number gets called uh, on a more pronounced basis, he's going to be able to respond. But I don't see that it's wrong or, or anything wrong 
with him being brought along this way. At some point, Damon Arnett's going to be out there as a starter for the Raiders, and the Raiders are hoping that by the time that that, that time comes, he's going to be ready. And right now, I think there's confidence that he can handle the job, but there's a guy that's better than he is right now in Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen uh, holding down the starting the starting gigs. Uh, but you're going to see D- Damon Arnett on the field when they start playing some teams that spread it out a little bit more. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday.